Welcome to Ms. Interpreted, her podcast of public relations and strategic communications, demystified by Kelly Fletcher and Fletcher Marketing PR. Our full focus has been shifted towards providing and delivering the support that the industry needs to get through this crisis. So the first thing we did was interview or sent a quick survey out to our members to ascertain the extent to which this crisis was impacting their their organizations. And so that was two weeks ago. That was before the lockdown, and we'll be rerunning it shortly. But at that time, uh, over a third said they felt completely underprepared for, for what was about to take place. And that was what inspired a couple of our members to get in touch with us and to uh, suggest the idea of assembling a global task force. And that is a group of senior PR professionals from across the world, so those in the US right the way through to Hong Kong, Argentina, Portugal, uh, Africa. It's kind of spanning uh, many continents and countries, so it's a, a truly global task force. And their remit and purpose is to essentially provide support, resources, advice to those that need it most. Welcome, listeners, to the Ms. Interpreted podcast. I'm Kelly Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Marketing PR, and I'm here with my colleague, Fletcher Senior Strategist, Mary Beth West. Hey, Kelly. Our topic today is very timely. We'll be discussing COVID-19, public relations resources for the industry. And we have an expert special guest, Corey Jongos. He is head of marketing and communication at the UK-based PRCA, Public Relations and Communications Association. Right, and that's based in London. And of course, that's the same group that we have been affiliated with for some months now, since actually last year, that is focused on providing resources to the larger public relations and strategic communications industry. One of our earlier guests had been Francis Ingham of PRCA, the Director General, And we are really pleased to have Corey joining us. He, as Kelly mentioned, head of communications and marketing for PRCA, and he's had a very long career in such organizations as also CIPR, the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, for numerous years, working in a variety of capacities. Also, previously was with the Imperial College London and campaigns and communications officer there as well. So he brings a lot of expertise in serving the industry. Of course, PRCA does have 35,000 members globally. And now amid this situation with COVID-19 and the fact that the public relations profession is really in the need for collaborative resources, crisis communications planning, client relations, all of the best practice, knowledge, and guidance, and in particular, too, for PR firms globally as well. PRCA has really stepped up to the plate to be that resource, and I'm really happy that Corey is here to talk to us and and lend guidance as to how we can interact with PRCA to tap into those resources. Welcome, Corey, to Misinterpreted, and thank you for visiting us during such a busy time in the UK, particularly given that your country is arguably two or three weeks ahead of us in the US and managing through coronavirus impact to your nation. How are you doing? How how are things over there? Thank you. It's a a pleasure to join you. We are doing well overall. It's a very difficult time for not just for our industry, but for for the whole country. 
I think we are finally starting to see that people are beginning to listen to to the measures imposed by the government and um, are taking the necessary steps to uh, reduce the the spread of, of the virus. So I think there was a hesitancy at the beginning and people, and I'm sure it's very much the same in the States, people are often not keen on taking advice about where to go and what to do, but I think people are beginning to see the bigger picture here and and slowly things are, are coming to a halt. So I guess initially there's that phase that people go through of denial, I suppose, that this is something that applies to them. And I'm curious in the UK, from what I understand, you all are really about two or three weeks ahead of us, as Kelly mentioned, in really the onslaught of this. And so for you all, did this really get ratcheted up in what, mid to late February? Or what was the timeline for you all? It's interesting because obviously we've seen the pictures and the videos and the reports from across the world. And you're absolutely right. There's a a very different feel to it when it's taking place on your on your own doorstep and I think there is a, a an unwillingness if you like to accept the reality of the situation at first right so that that definitely takes some time to adjust to yeah we're just really curious about how the PRCA staff team is doing for you know the public relations and communications association you all are just an incredible group. You've been so responsive to the COVID-19 issue for our industry. And it's it's amazing the work output that you all are putting together. So I just wanted to inquire about how everybody is doing on that front as well. Thank you. And it's, it's true. It's been a big change for everyone. So in terms of the timeline, it was about two weeks ago from today that uh, it became clear that most organizations would need to work from home and, and we're, we, we're not exempt from that. So we issued a, an instruction to all of our team members to, to work from home and we've had to completely revamp the way that we interact with each other, the way that we deliver services to members. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a very big change for us. We've gone from meeting frequently in person and meeting members in person almost on a daily basis to everything being done by um, by Zoom or uh, go to webinar. So it's, it's been a big change for us. But overall, I think the team's adapted really well. They've taken to it quite positively. And I think we're all definitely learning a lot from it. So Corey, we saw on Twitter last night, the incredible and really emotionally moving show of support where Londoners across the city went outside in a spontaneous moment of applause in solidarity behind the nation's healthcare workers. That was so powerful really gave me chills. What's the general mood there in London and throughout the UK? It was really remarkable. I've, I've never seen anything like it. I've mm-hmm. lived, I was born in London and I've lived here most of my life and I've never seen anything like that before. I was at home with my two boys and my youngest, who is two years old, was refusing to go to sleep. So I was holding him at the time and I just heard a kind of ripple of applause outside and cars beeping their horn um, and I opened the window and at first I, I hadn't a clue what was going on because I'd completely forgotten that, that the, the campaign um, message was to clap at 8 o'clock and it had gone over my head. But you know, I soon realized why people were applauding and it was really quite a touching touching moment. And especially for Londoners because we're not that way inclined usually. We're quite private and we keep to ourselves. So to have that moment of community spirit was was quite inspiring really. Well, I think it's just a powerful, uplifting moment at, at that time where I think everybody needs it so much. And 
Absolutely. Yeah, and so it's it was just great to see that. There are a lot of YouTube videos. I shared it on some of my social media. Uh, just wanted more of our, like in my local community where I live and work and, you know, just across the nation in the U.S., I think it was really important for us to to see that. And I, I'm sure that, that that type of movement is, it's not going to be, going to be the last time we see that because I, I'm sure other markets are going to do something very similar. Yeah. And I think it's it's also important to bear in mind that this is very much a community-led issue and problem. I mean, we're not going to address this issue through our politicians or through our government. It's going to be uh, the people themselves that adapt to the measures and, and really help address this issue. So it just goes to show what, what we can do and what we can do as, as a community. Right. Well, and Francis Ingham, Director General of PRCA, has been a past guest on Misinterpreted. So we really want to extend our best wishes to to him, really to all of the team there. I really want to thank you all for and just the entire PRCA team for what you're doing to support the PR profession right now. I mean, obviously, we are all impacted here. But for public relations professionals, we have that added responsibility of not just managing through the crisis on a personal level for ourselves, for our families, for our businesses. We, we also have that job responsibility writ large to help our employers, help our clients through this with hopefully influencing some good policies and decision-making, some strong communications practices. You know, while everything is... In the moment, everything is so chaotic and um, upended. We'd love to learn more about what PRCA is doing on COVID-19 specifically and providing resources to the profession, because I know that there we already have some initiatives in place, like the COVID-19 PRCA task force that's been put together. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that and, and how people can get involved. Yes, so there's been a whole range of projects and initiatives that have launched over the past couple of weeks and it was quite interesting because we had a busy and active program of events and awards and, and our schools program and, and lots of other issues which we had planned for the year and, and at the moment everything is on hold and, and our full focus has been shifted towards providing and delivering the support that the industry needs to get through this crisis. So the first thing we did was interview or sent a quick survey out to our members to ascertain the extent to which this crisis was impacting their their organizations. And so that was two weeks ago. That was before the lockdown, and we'll be rerunning it shortly. But at that time, uh, over a third said they felt completely underprepared for, mm-hmm. for what was about to take place. And that was what inspired a couple of our members to get in touch with us and to uh, suggest the idea of assembling a global task force. And that is a group of senior PR professionals from across the world. So those in the US right the way through to Hong Kong, Argentina, Portugal, uh, Africa. It's kind of spanning uh, many continents and countries. So it's a, a truly global task force. And their remit and purpose is to essentially provide support, resources, advice to those that need it most. So there'll be plenty more news regarding the task force over the coming days. But in addition to that, there's also been uh, numerous kind of resources and support that we've been able to make available to to our members and to non-members as well. So we've delivered uh, a few webinars, one of which was on crisis comms specifically for COVID-19. Yesterday, we also had another webinar 
uh, with our accountancy partners, which was providing very clear business administration advice to communications professionals who are going through this difficult period, because obviously a lot of the issues we're facing are not PR or comms issues, they're kind of core financial business issues, mm-hmm. and uh, our members need that support as well. So we're, we're here, there to help them with that as well. Well, and, and to a big thank you for PRCA's leadership and making sure that those webinar resources are free of charge. And you've not only made those free of charge to PRCA members, but also to non-members. So anyone across the global public relations profession, regardless of whether they're affiliated with you or not, they're getting free access to those resources. And that's a huge public service that you all are putting forward. So thank you for that. Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm getting information almost daily. So clearly, Corey, you all in the UK had to go from zero to 100 miles per hour or kilometers <laughs> per in an incredibly short amount of time. And you're doing a great job ramping up the resources and the, to respond to clients and employers in our industry. What have you learned from this process of seeing how PRCA members are responding and the ways they're seeking to help one another? I think there are a couple of things. First and foremost, we've learned something that I think many of us at the PSCA knew, which is the importance of uh, professional communities and offering a, a truly supportive professional network. I think crises like these highlight the need for strong professional networks because when people need advice, when they need guidance, they can call on their colleagues, exchange ideas, exchange uh, notes and, tips and and thoughts on best practice. I think these are the times where our networks and, and professional bodies should really come to the fore. So to see the spirit of our members come together and offer support to one another has, has been probably one of the biggest things. And secondly, on a more practical note, I've learned about how much we can achieve without being physically present. Right. And I think we were all quiet accustomed to working remotely. I, for example, I work from home before this once a week, but what I've experienced now and what I've learned over the past few weeks is that we can achieve an awful lot more uh, without needing to be in the office and without needing to see one another face-to-face. For example, just under two weeks ago, we held a council meeting, which would ordinarily take place in London uh, with around 40 people, but we did it online, and we were able to have arguably an even more collaborative and effective conversation because we were able to provide a kind of a more democratic format for all our members across the world. So I've learned those two things uh, most, most of me more than anything. That is really interesting. And, you know, we kicked off the conversation just talking about that effort of applause literally across London last night. You know, mental health and wellness has been a very strong ongoing major initiative of PRCAs for some time now, you know, public relations. I remember we talked to Francis about this when he was on late last year. Public relations is among the most high stress professions out there anyway. I mean, even irrespective of everything that is happening right now. And now adding this stress of the coronavirus crisis PR on top of our practitioners' own financial stresses with, you know, many facing either job losses or overnight client revenue drops, all of those things that are happening, the impact to our colleagues, you know, everything is being put to the test. We're being put to the test. What are you hearing among PRCA's membership about how they're responding from a mental wellness perspective to all that's occurring here? 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a really important point. Uh, I mean, as a society in general here, people are very much becoming more aware of the importance of mental health, and particularly so over the past couple of weeks, because those who have been living with conditions are, are more at risk now. Where we're talking about isolation, not coming into work, not seeing people face to face, not going outside. So all of these issues become even more prevalent, um, and we've been doing an awful lot to promote. Uh, our, our work around mental health. So, I mean, as you mentioned, we've run a number of research projects. The most recent one uh, suggested that 89% of PR professionals have struggled with their mental well-being at some point in the past 12 months, which is an extraordinary statistic yeah. when, when you consider it. But our research also drilled down into the details of what it is about public relations and communication that triggers these issues. And, and you're absolutely right that it the kind of tight deadlines, the 24-7 news cycle, the immediacy of, of social media and, and always feeling like you need to be on and willing to respond yeah. at all times, those can just be a recipe for a disaster. So we have what we call our mental health toolkit, and that is a resource which is open to anyone. It's, a, it's free and open on our website, and it has a number of practical tools that people can use to promote mental well-being. So there's our research on there, but we also have guidance and best practice for line managers and what, what they can do to encourage their employees to take the necessary measures. So it's a, it's a massive issue for us and one which we're particularly mindful of at the moment. Corey, I'd love to hear from you about how the global agency community is faring. Mary Beth, as you know, owned her own agency for 15 years. I've had my firm for this is our 13th year. We certainly get it. We know that this is such an unprecedented time and the struggle is real for agency owners. Uh, the stress that we feel, not just for ourselves, but our team members, I can attest to is it can be really overwhelming. What are you seeing and hearing from PR agency leaders around the world? I think there's no getting away from the fact that it's a very difficult time for business across the board and public relations is is no exception in that regard. We are quite fortunate in the UK in that the government has been relatively proactive and taken positive steps to provide financial protection to employees in the private sector and most recently also for the self-employed as well. But despite these, there will be serious issues and serious problems for, for PR agencies. The overwhelming message that we've been receiving so far is that the industry is, is, is willing to act resiliently and will, will take the necessary steps to minimize the disruption of the next couple of months. But there's no doubt that there will be, there will be significant consequences for, for a number of agencies and in-house teams over the next two months. Right. Well, and final question, and I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. One point of distinction that PRCA has that our industry association here in the U.S. doesn't really offer, unfortunately, is that PRCA does a great deal to directly influence U.K. government policies that impact the PR industry and its practitioners. So, for example, with COVID-19, PRCA has been working hard to be sure that aid is provided to independent practitioners and freelancers. I mean, at least really trying to put forth that message directly to governmental elected officials, influencers, you know, those who hold the purse strings. 
Otherwise, you know, independent practitioners and freelancers could very well just be left out on their own with very little, if any, support system that those perhaps in corporations, et cetera, would have. So what are some of the things that PRCA is doing in its governmental outreach and policymaking in that sphere of influence in response to this crisis? So our Director General, Francis Ingham, is in regular contact with the Cabinet Office, and he ensures that our members' concerns are relayed to government. And and we work hard to ensure that we don't just listen to those concerns, but that we act on them as well. And we're quite pleased with the outcome um, this week with both the protection for financial support for private employees, but most recently for self-employed as well. Um, It's not perfect what the government has produced, um, and it's quite difficult to produce technical schemes like that at short notice, but we will be continuing to monitor the the progress that the government makes on it and and ensure that our our members' interests are always prioritised. And another, uh, you asked for what else or or other examples of how we lobby government. Another one is uh, the work we do in public affairs and lobbying. So we run a uh, the Public Affairs Board, which is a group of public affairs organisations or lobbying organisations, you might refer to them as. And a lot of our work helps to ensure that our members' interests are represented to government. And the government, a few years ago, introduced a statutory register of lobbyists, which requires all organisations who are involved in lobbying to sign up to a register. And we were involved very closely in, in that process. And we continue to have regular meetings with the registrar, who's the government representative overseeing that register, to ensure that our members' interests are continually represented. Well, Corey, thank you so much for your time today and for being with us. Uh, we have a lot we could learn from how you all are doing things in the UK. And please know how much we appreciate you, Francis, and the entire PRCA team. We also appreciate the work of Tony Langham of Lansons, who is volunteering his time to step up and head the COVID-19 task force for PRCA. Please know that we're ready to help here on the other side of the pond in any way we can. Thank you very much, and we very much appreciate all your support. Thanks so much, Corey. We're we're thinking of all of you, and we will certainly be staying in touch, and as Kelly said, in ways that we can stay engaged and help volunteer for this effort. Thank you. And to our listeners, you can connect with Corey at Corcoms. That's at K-O-R-C-O-M-M-S. You can also follow PRCA at PRCA underscore UK. Please follow me at Twitter handle at KD Fletcher or our company at Fletcher PR. And don't forget to follow Mary Beth West at Mary Beth West. We will respond to your questions and comments. So please post them using the hashtag misinterpreted. And that's hashtag MS interpreted. And for visibility's sake, don't forget to capitalize the PR. And don't miss our Twitter chats on the last Wednesday of each month using the same misinterpreted hashtag. We love having direct dialogue with each of you and stay safe and healthy until next time. Thanks for joining us on Misinterpreted, Public Relations Demystified. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at FletcherMarketingPR.com and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time 